0: Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 The Committee of 13
1: sat in that room in Grapevine, Texas, and they brought them out. The CFP rankings are here. CJ, join me. WAP committee group of college football aficionados join us during the season but it's time to bring them out and bring them out the CFP rankings are finally out let's talk about them here on the porch yeah, yeah, yeah. here with the Woodford Couple more things of ice. All right, buddy. We in there like swimwear. CJ, what's going on there, brother? Um, we we've uh, seen the committee room. Um, as you can see there, we've got SpongeBob, uh, Patrick. Um. We got, we got a few guys in there in the committee room. I mean, I know last week you said kind of in uh, a compliment for me to say that you had as much knowledge and were as well-informed as the committee, but what do you think about that group of uh, committees that you see there on the Twitter page there, buddy?
2: Yeah, that's, um, that's about about what I picture in the room sometimes with them. Um... <laughs> okay, so biggest biggest gripe you had tonight is what? i really only had two one's not really a gripe um i would have then then what is it then my biggest gripe is arkansas moving up four um and i know it's a tough gripe you know them at 21 uh, an overtime win against lsu and that bounds them up four spots i don't know it just seemed a little funky I know you had to move them up just to get some of the other teams in, but that, that to me was kind of the one I'm like, really? That, that's what, okay. And I would have flipped Baylor and Wake at 10 and 11. See, yeah,
1: I kind of agree with you on the Baylor Wake thing. Um, I'll also say that Goofy is probably my favorite committee member. Although um, got to say, you know, Garfield's Garfield's friend, uh, you know, uh Odie. I mean, is it Yodie? Who is it? Yeah, Who's the dog? Odie, yeah. Homer looks like he's kind of the head of the committee. And I see uh Stimpy is there, but no wren. Like what's up there? You know. So obviously, uh Goofy's probably my favorite committee member based off that picture, gotta say that. And I think that's kind of um I'll say that it's goofy. My biggest gripe, c j, and it still is is Oklahoma State sitting at nine Um I mean I base I look at based off what they've done on the field and their body of work. They've got to be higher than nine. They have to be. Um, good news for them, and I know you know you probably heard this as well during the selection show, the lowest a team has made it from this point in the proceedings, right with about you know, two weeks ago in the regular season, and then the the conference championship week is the ninth spot to make the postseason. So Oklahoma State still has an opportunity sitting where they're sitting to make this thing happen. But them at nine, CJ, I just felt like was still egregiously low at this point in time.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with you. Um, their body of work has been really impressive. I mean... A tough loss at Iowa State. that's a tough place to go play um but I mean, you know they get a win at Boise. that's a very tough place to play. Um, you know you, you beat Baylor, um, who the committee I you know I think likes, but I don't know how much.
1: Uh, I'm with you CJ. it's like they kind of they're feeling them but they don't they don't feel them enough. I think they've kind of got that preconceived notion somehow on Baylor and when you win on the blue, against Boise that is that's something rather impressive um CJ by the way we're gonna have a little trivia later on in the in the in the program um that I'm gonna hit you with here and I want to see if you can pull it off and uh part of the reason why I brought that up is because of Boise so just that's a little hint for later on um but I'm with you man Oklahoma State has done some good things they're playing really good football at the right time and I feel like Comparatively speaking to some of these other teams, I mean, they have one of the better wins on the board, right? Like, beating Baylor on the road is a big time win. And it's like, what win does Notre Dame have to match that? I, I don't, I don't see it. I, I don't understand it. Like, what win does Ohio State have to match that? I don't see it. Yeah. For that matter, what has Alabama done for, to beat number two? I mean, I really have to question, uh, I really have to question that a little bit. I know Bama's played, according to the committee, more uh, prolific teams in these rankings, right? But at the same time, it's still a question mark for me. On are they really the number two team in this in this rankings?
0: Yeah,
2: because I mean, because you you brought up a really good point. You know what? When does Notre Dame have? And I think the only thing they would look at is, you know, the win over Wisconsin, who they have at 15, but oh, see, like that, one's, that one's tough to me because how you good look at cool. really. Well, right, you look at how good is Wisconsin, really, but here's the thing, you'll look at that and go, well, it was 41-13, they blew him out. Okay, that sucker was close. Like, that thing... Very, very was, close. That so thing was 13-10 quarter. in the fourth quarter, and then... Wisconsin give up a kick return. Um, there was a, two pick think, six. Think, yeah, two pick sixes. You know, and it's kinda like that game was really close for a while. So that one to me just kind of sticks out and I'm like, I'm with you. I don't know what Notre Dame's resume would be above for Oklahoma State. It's like that one boggles me. Alabama to me doesn't really have a signature win yet. Um you know they don't yeah, uh, you maybe Old Miss, maybe. Uh, oh,
1: you know what? I actually will give them Old Miss, CJ. I'll definitely give them Old Miss.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're Old looking, Miss, you know that would be one. Um, I mean, they did go to did go to Florida and and fight off a pretty pesky team down there, but
1: no, I'm com- sorry, Florida gave up 56 to, to Sanford this weekend, CJ. We cannot we cannot give them any credit for a Florida win.
2: No, I don't that, care when it was, but still. that's and that's and that's very true. I mean that they're they're an absolute dumpster fire right now, but you know, I mean that is a road win, but still, like I'm with you. I'm just not sure what they're looking at resume wise. I think it's pretty much just off a of brand name. Um it Really, because Georgia's number one. There's no question there, and I Absolutely. think the rest of it's just a lot of the times it ends up being brand name. Yeah, I mean if. if
1: and I think we've said this before tonight, and we'll reiterate it again. Oregon is number three based off of one win at Ohio State. Ohio State is number four because they think they're good, but they've got to they got to make the head-to-head matter there. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on this, CJ. I didn't sit around and listen for this, had to go practice. Um, but the committee, they were trying to explain why the committee thinks the Oregon-Ohio State head-to-head matters. But yet the Michigan Michigan State head to head doesn't matter. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? What they were trying to say there, I'd like to know the reasoning.
2: I think what they're getting at is that you know Michigan State loses after that head to head, which then they have to factor in. I I don't know. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense what they're trying to say because, like I like I said last week, I don't have a problem if you you, you drop Michigan State. You know, after they lost, you just want okay. them to be eight, not seven right i I want them to be a team between them then because then it doesn't seem like you're splitting hairs because if if it really is a split in hairs then to me then head to head should still matter. they've played Michigan state won, they should still be ahead it, if you're gonna put them right behind by right behind each other and make it sound like you're splitting hairs on it, don't. You know, don't him haul all around. And and if the reasoning is, well, yeah, they played. We had them ahead. And then Michigan State, you know, has clunker. So we dropped them down. Okay, that's fine. Just say it. Stop trying to make it sound eloquent. Just put it out there. Hey, we had them there. They lose the following week. We got to drop you. Okay, cool. I can live with that. Stop trying to make it eloquent and just be brutally honest with it. And yep. it feels like they're trying to be too educated in the answer. Trying
1: to... Uh trying to outthink the room a little bit there yeah I, that's the perfect way to put it yeah uh and i i think you see that a ton um with these rankings at times right i mean if if you really want to get down to it um but uh, you know and, and cj I, 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 we could kind of go in and in and out on on our our gripes complaints uh, you know cuss it discuss it type of situation here but I do want to bring up a team real quickly that that I think – I sit there and I look at them and I'm like, what what in the world have they done to really earn this? And that is BYU at 14, buddy. I'm sorry, but, yeah, you beat Utah in the second week of the season when they were trying to figure out quarterback. You beat Arizona, a team that's finally got them a win, by eight. You, You didn't play great against Arizona State. You lost to six and four Boise. You got pretty much destroyed by Baylor. You got lucky that Virginia's quarterback went out and you were able to find a way to win. That's not the 14th best team in the country. Um, and yet they're kind of in the mix for a potential New Year's Six bowl game. Just seems very odd to me.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And it almost feels like because all oh, they their six and two, they've got to. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think just because they're six and two, eight and two, eight and two. Or 8-2. and two. Not the COVID year, CJ. We, we're we playing more games this year. Yeah, sorry. Um, Was kind of flipping through their schedule here. But, <laughs> you know, but I'm with you because y- y- you held off Washington State. We don't get me wrong, is pesky. But, I mean, that's... <sighs> and that was, I believe, CJ, the week that they
1: let Rolovich go for not taking the shot.
2: Yeah, I think that was that week. And like I said, it's just to me that... They're they're being overvalued, but once again that comes back to, you know, a little bit of brand name. Um
1: But is BYU that big a brand name? I guess they are. I guess.
2: Yeah, I mean, because you, you gotta think about kinda I think what they've had, and I'm not you know, not only historically, but the you know the last couple of years they were really good. Um I think they were good last year. I mean yeah. they, they
1: weren't they weren't very good the Zach Wilson's junior year. I mean, they've had a couple good seasons before that, but nothing extremely, extremely impressive.
2: No, um, but, you know, and it's one of those things where I just I, – I think sometimes you kind of get caught up in – I think maybe – see, and that's the thing. I don't know if maybe the committee's not watching games and they're factoring into you – know, my big question is how much do they look at the AP and the coaches poll? Like, how much do they pay attention to that? Um or do they pay I mean, attention to that?
1: I mean here, here's the thing, CJ. I guess when, when it comes to BYU, like yeah, they were up there. They are a balanced team, but they're balanced team beating who, right? I mean, and I don't know, man. I just look at that and say that's intriguing to me how they have them up there. Um Well, here
2: it, here's the thing that they've got of... two
1: road contests too to end the season. I think they'll probably get Georgia Southern this weekend. They are a twenty-point favorite, but then the BYU the the game that BYU has with USC in the Coliseum that Saturday night, two days after Thanksgiving, could get real interesting.
2: Yeah, it could. And, and here's the thing: is as we were talking about BYU because they, you know, they're an independent, so they're considered in kind of that group of five, right? Or that you know the group of five teams
1: are they though? Are they not given Notre Dame style status there?
2: Yeah, probably a little bit. But here's where I was headed with that is you've got them at 14 and eight and two with no real impressive thing on the resume, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So then if you apply the same logic, then why is Cincinnati still at five? Because by body of work, Cincinnati has a much better win on the resume.
1: So you're saying that they should be up higher because they're giving BYU that love and then not giving Cincinnati the same love by proxy,
2: right? Right. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you're you're going to give Notre Dame and BYU love. You know when if you stack resumes up, Cincinnati's resume is better. Not only are they undefeated, but they went into South Bend and won. Yeah, they've had some close ones, but unlike you know BYU and Notre Dame, they haven't stumbled. So, so it almost kind of seems like well, we're giving love here and we're giving and but we're not giving the same love to Cincinnati. Kind of giving that stink out of Cincinnati. Yeah, it's like they're scared to death to put them in this thing, and I don't really know why it is. And like I said, it just, I just, I have this sick feeling five is their ceiling.
1: CJ, you know, we've, we've talked about the, the ceiling thing with Cincinnati. We, we beat it like a, you know, dead horse. Oh, we beat and, it
2: like a dead horse. We absolutely bang the have. drum.
1: Here's the thing, though. I will say this real quick into that comment because let's, we're, we're kind of in that realm right now, right? Where they're, while they're giving BYU love, beating Utah, I guess now looking at it, Utah's 23, right? You're going to give them some some credit for that. Um, I find it interesting because they're going to maybe give even, even more love if Utah were to find a way to beat Oregon this weekend. But then Oregon's also going to get love potentially for beating Utah twice. So it's kind of... It's a weird, weird game they're playing there, I think.
2: With yeah, because, I mean, if you if you look at the, the CFP's rankings, you know, Cincinnati has a win over the number eight team in there. The only other, I mean, Oregon has... Is Oregon over, over Ohio State? Yeah, is three Oregon over four Ohio State, but nobody's still really sure how good OSU is. Um, you know, I mean, even though I did tell you they were going to beat Perdon like a drum... Um, did, and I should have listened to you, you know. But I mean, like
1: it, they were perdueling, like you said, not spoiler making, like our boy Copernicus tells us.
2: Yeah. So I mean, that that's my thing. Like, in, in oh, by the State way, has, CJ has a nice win. But yeah, I just
1: dupes did use spoiler makers as well. So I was like, man, did
2: he? Did he like listen to Copernicus? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I did. I loved it. I was like, that that's fantastic.
1: And. Uh, you know, CJ, also on this point here, right, talking about Cincinnati, one thing that I did see for them that I think is a really good sign, though, was the Oklahoma loss. Because Oklahoma had the potential with games with Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Bedlam, and then a potential rematch with one of those three teams to really, really put up some big wins and make make hay on Cincinnati. Now... I don't think there's a team behind them maybe other than Oklahoma State that could find a way to make this thing happen. Other than, again, Michigan and and Michigan State probably could too if they get the big one over Ohio State. But Ohio State's going to obviously fall below Cincinnati with two losses. So,
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's the thing. If you're Cincinnati, yeah. I mean, OU losing um, helps. Uh, They needed that a little bit. But I think they still have to be very leery of Michigan, Michigan State, and Oklahoma State sitting behind them. Um, because I don't, I don't see any way the committee moves Notre Dame over them. Um, because then you'd have to explain the head-to-head thing. Um, Although I
1: did hear Heather Dennett say this, and it, it kind of bothered me a little bit. But she said, "Well, if Cincinnati were to lose, let's say the way that the FPI rankings are kind of or projections are saying, which in the conference championship game to Houston, which I don't know how they're coming at that ESPN, going to ESPN, right? But, um." that then Notre Dame would move ahead of them because their loss was, they wouldn't have lost a game, you know, in a month, two months, and Cincinnati would have just have lost. So then they would get to jump them. And I'm like, so how does that make any sense?
2: Yeah, that's the one I don't understand. Um, now. But I- I'm with you, though.
1: I think that they should not jump them because they beat them on the field. And it was at Notre Dame, too.
2: Yeah, it wasn't like that was neutral side or at Cincinnati. You know, that was at Notre Dame. And, and Cincinnati went in there and handled business. So... Yeah, I don't see really a spot where Notre Dame jumps them unless Cincinnati was would, would lose. Um, which I see you'll if they lose, I, I think you're going to see the committee really drop them. They'll they'll do they'll they'll free fall hard. Um, it, it'll be
1: worse than the five spots that are two free fallers this week. Um, out of nothing, Tom Petty style, AM and and Oklahoma both were
2: free falling. Uh, yeah,
1: five spots each.
2: Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, Cincinnati still, I think, still somewhat in control of their own destiny. Um, obviously, they're gonna they're gonna need a little bit of help, I think. Um, but I mean, you know, if, if you're Cincinnati and you're Luke Fickle at this point, I don't think you really pay attention to the rankings. You just go out, and handle business, and and just hope the dice land in your favor. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that's all they can do right now. I don't think there's any other any other way that Cincinnati can look at this thing because, hey. They're right there. They can only control what they can control. And that's a cliche thing to say for Cincinnati, but it's the truth. I mean, they're not going to be able to change anybody's minds other than win the game on the field. And if they do, they've got a great opportunity. If they don't, well, it's all conjecture anyway, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you you get a big senior day at home against SMU. Um, and then travel for a three thirty Black Friday game and in, into in Greenville. So, so it's
1: officially officially a three thirty game
2: now. Yeah, sometimes. it's officially a three thirty. They announced that uh, late last night, early this morning
1: uh, on ABC. I like yeah. it.
2: So I think you just kind of handle your own business there. Um, you know, and and with all due respect to Coach Houston at ECU. Holt Mayers isn't the best quarterback in the AAC. Sorry. <laughs> it's Desmond Ritter. Yeah. I, I know you got to hype your guy. And even and I had this debate and she loved it. She's like, Oh, that's the head coach taking up for his guy. I'm like, yeah, I, I can appreciate that. But I, some, some semblance of reality would be nice. Like if you want to say he's one of, okay, I can get behind that statement, but you're going to sit out there and call him the, the best when the be when there's a guy sitting in the Heisman conversation in your conference. Let's let, let's tone it down a smidge.
1: Yeah, you're yeah you're you're probably right about that. I don't think there's any any question that that's probably a little <laughs> little exuberant there for Look, Coach Houston and, and the ECU. The yeah, Pirates, little little, sure.
2: little little hyperbole, but you know, I, I I love the fact he's got his guys back. But um, yeah, yeah, sorry,
1: Ritter's the guy in that league. So CJ, real quick, kind of a one one topic here with Cincinnati. Talking about some big games for this weekend and things to kind of look at in terms of how the rankings might continue to shift. A couple games Friday night are interesting, right? Houston, home game with Memphis. Cincinnati obviously needs them to keep winning. Um, Houston, like we talked about, finally in the rankings. <clears throat> you know, Dane to sling around, and uh, the Cougs are, are back in it there wearing that shocker visor. Um, they have a 9 o'clock kickoff there Friday night, 24th. Cincinnati obviously needs them to keep winning, uh, big time results there for them, and then finally as well, CJ, I think another game to keep an eye on Friday night in the group of five, San Diego State, nine and one. If Cincinnati were to slip, they kind of would be the team in my in my, bu- in my book that um, is going to benefit the most and find a way to maybe continue to move up those rankings. Although I do want to say something real quick and a gripe that I have. If you watch that Wake Forest NC State game Saturday night, a classic game, a really a, a, a hell of a football game there from Truist, and the magic was there like we said it would be for Wake CJ. How they dropped them four and move up Pitt, who barely beat North Carolina, Iowa, who did not play well, and San Diego State, who had to survive, moving them all up three spots to NC State to drop NC State four seemed a little harsh.
2: Yeah, I thought it did too. Uh, the only thing I can think of is, is that you know, it makes NC State seven and three on the year, and it's kind of hard to put them ahead of a nine and one and a couple of eight and two squads. Um,
1: if they were from the SEC, it wouldn't matter, would it? Or the Big Ten, no,
2: no. And I, I agree with you on that. I, I I'm your camp on that. Um, but I mean, that's got to be the, the only real reasoning behind that. But I mean, no, that. That Wake NC State game was was a good one. It was a classic one. Um, yeah, that's – that. That's... Devin Leary
1: and Sam Hartman were slinging it. Defense has kind of played in, for some turnovers themselves at times. It was a fun game. Yeah, it came down to a review on an onside kick. I mean, it was fun. It was going yeah. on the same time as that Kansas-Texas game too, which made it kind of a little bit of a remote work out there for sure.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, and Wake Forest has been kind of the opposite of Nebraska this year. A bunch of close games, and they have found a way to to win them all, um, other
1: than North Carolina. Yeah, we have North a real Car- different conversation right now about Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of a of a funky, funky little thing that's going on there. Um, and if you're Wake Forest, be I'm not saying you're on upset alert, but be a little little cautious here. Don't. You know, it. I know it's Clemson. It's it's Clemson. They haven't been as good, but just that. That to me is a spot that I kind of sit there and look at and go, hmm.
1: Oh, you. I don't think it's upset alert, CJ. I think that's Clemson's a favorite by four points, buddy.
2: Yeah, well, which is kind of funky. Um, and is. a lot of it's going to depend. You know, I mean, Clemson looked decent at times Saturday, not great. Um, the final score ended up being a little more, a little bigger than. That I think, if you watch that game, really what it felt like. But, yeah, if you're Wake Forest, that's kind of a tricky spot there because that's, that's going into Death Valley there. So, don't I, – I, I don't think you want to be in a close one there just because funky things happen there in Death Valley.
1: Oh, and, well, it's it's Clemson, it's Dabo. They still have an outside shot of playing in Charlotte for the ACC title. So, I would, wouldn't put anything – past uh, Dabo and bring your own guts there uh, for the Tigers, man. See, um, I want to get into something real quick as well, though, too. Talking about the San Diego State deal on Friday, right? Another big game out there in the Mountain West Conference, though, that maybe we're not thinking about, but it is a big game. And those are the Boise State games, right? Because Boise plays San Diego State here next weekend, and let's say San Diego State were to lose that game to Boise, right? They fall. They're now 10-2. and two. Let's, We're assuming they beat UNLV. They're going to fall out a little bit. Boise's not going to move in, but that's going to give a little more credence, you would think, to Oklahoma State with that win they have at Boise. I would think that would really help out uh, Oklahoma State if Boise were to win the next two, finish 8-4, and four, and have a big win over San Diego State. So I think that's something to kind of look at coming down the stretch as well
2: yeah, I think that's definitely one you'll look at um if you're Oklahoma State, you're kind of rooting for a Boise win there um simply just because that helps bolster up your resume a little bit. Um, you know, but and, and Oklahoma state's gonna still you know have have some opportunities to to bolster that up, you know, basically just by continuing to finish and and get it. And, and and get Ooh. it done because they're hey, going to see.
1: Let's go ahead and say this real quick, CJ. Texas Tech on the road, the way they won last week with a 62 yard field goal. And there's, I mean, not saying that's a great, going to be a great, great win for them, but it's better than Texas Tech being four and six. So you're going to be on the national spotlight a second straight weekend, at eight o'clock kick on Fox, just like you were last week against TCU. Who knows? Maybe you put up a showing. And I'll tell you this when I saw Gundy and the Pokes put up 63 there. When it was 63, correct? Yes. Yeah, when I saw them put up that number on TCU, I said, Gundy is pissed. He doesn't give a shit who knows it. And he's trying to prove to the nation that his pokes are for real and give them some respect, throw a little respect on their name, and move that number up higher. Um, And I think he could do the same thing Saturday night as well.
0: Come after me! I'm a man! I'm 40! I'm not a a kid!
2: Yeah, I, I do too. That's kind of... I was... That, that's kind of the exact same thoughts that I had on that. Um, He's the man. That that he was mad and they were trying to make a point. Because um, my first initial thought was, okay, well, TCU is about as soft as Charmin. And then I'm like, nah, that's that was a little – like that offense was not what came into Morgantown. Like he – they kind of opened it up a little bit and we well, were out to make too, a statement.
1: Also, too, in that TCU – the week prior big win over Baylor. So, you know, they're kind of, they're feeling themselves a little bit, maybe a little too much. And then Oklahoma state just said, nah, we're, we're going to kind of, for a better like a term, bitch you around. And they did.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you're Oklahoma state, I mean, you, you're going to have an opportunity to beat Oklahoma and Bedlam, um, you know, and then depending on what Oklahoma does to finish out the year, um, you know, could really in all honesty, see him twice in, in what a two-week period so
1: oh back to back yeah yeah.
2: so you know um of course that's that's not a guarantee i mean oklahoma's got to get through through iowa state so i I don't know if that's a guarantee for the sooners um i wouldn't say it is at all partially i'm i'm gonna be rooting for matt campbell and them just because you know ranking lincoln riley was out there whining like a baby bat bitch he was
1: absolutely and and he <laughs> can't even make those ribs that are like those baby backs that he's uh kind of complaining like um, yeah
2: and, but and i will and i and i do want to ask you this cuz there was one thing i thought of watching the end of that game Baylor that. <laughs> Baylor why are you rushing the field it's oklahoma i get it but you're a top 15 team you know
1: there are certain programs though cj yeah, Matt, I, get that credence, man. And that's one of them.
2: Yeah, I no, I, I can understand where you're coming from on that. But at the same time, it's kind of like uh, you're a top 15 team like you should have expected to win this game. Like. Celebrate it, be happy in the moment, but I don't know, like the, the, the field rushing thing felt. felt weird for a top 15 team. Eh,
1: I don't know, CJ, I think the kids will be kids. And I think when you beat Oklahoma and they're undefeated and and, they're... and you haven't beat them in a long, long time. And like you think about the Matt Rule teams, right? They had a chance to beat them twice that season. Couldn't get it done.
2: And then the I, fact they're leaving the league.
1: Yeah. I think, it's, I think you chant SEC all day and you storm that field and you try and take those goalposts right into that river down there on the Bravos, man. I'm okay with it personally.
2: Um, Dude, I wasn't hating it, it just, it it, it kind of took me aback a little bit, just for a second, but then again, too, I, I don't know if at the beginning of the year we'd have penciled in Baylor as a top 15 team either, so that's probably fair. Oh,
1: I, I don't think anybody penciled him in before the year, CJ. <laughs> Let's be quite honest about that. And and you know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that, because Oklahoma and Oklahoma State tied atop the league, right? So, if Oklahoma were to lose this Saturday to Iowa State, and then Iowa State were to then win their, their remaining two games. And then you throw in uh, – Baylor would need to lose one of their two remaining games. Iowa State would be the team to represent in the league, um, I believe. Although, maybe not. Maybe Baylor still got that on, on lockdown. I'm not sure. Those tiebreakers are
2: rather interesting
1: in the Big 12.
2: Yeah, the tiebreakers are funky, and apparently, like, it's, it's head-to-head, and then it's like – common opponent like and then into the score thing it's really kind of funky um i think iowa state does have still kind of an outside shot at it um you know and and, Baylor doesn't have an easy contest Saturday. I mean, they got to go to Manhattan. Um,
1: oh, Kansas state will not beat themselves. We know that.
2: Yeah. We, kick. we learned that the hard way. Um, they're, they're going to do the little things. And um, that, and that CJ is a game
1: really, that's only for Baylor's opportunity to make a new year six. That's really all that that game, but it also does affect Oklahoma state down the stretch as well, because if Baylor were to win, maybe they get them another chance of maybe a top eight win by the time they play each other first week of December. So, there's something to look at there.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. There is definitely something to be made there. I think if you're the Big Twelve, um, I think you got to be sitting there looking at the rankings, feeling a little disrespected, but at the same time, going, okay, you know what? We, you know, we're we're still in the driver's seat. We're still fine. We're still okay. Um, you know, it, I wouldn't say driver's
1: doing... seat, CJ, but I would say that you are. You might be riding shotgun at this point in time because there's a chance that you might make it happen, but we're
2: also going to end up cannibalizing itself. Um, You do. Yeah, I do, because you've got – And let's – you know, know, CJ,
1: great great point to jump into that, to the Big Ten, right, cannibalizing itself, because I don't think there's anything else we can really hit on with the Big 12 other than you want – if you're Oklahoma State, you want Baylor or Oklahoma 1, to kind of take control and get back up in there, so that you have a chance when you beat them to really make it count, especially if it's Oklahoma. And I think if I'm if I, if I'm Oklahoma state, I think I want it to be Baylor because you haven't played them, and if you beat Oklahoma twice in back to back weeks, it loses a little bit of luster, right? But if you beat Baylor and Baylor only has that loss, you know, in that weird game. To, to TCU and then obviously the loss to you and then you beat them again, but it's, you know, two months later and they are maybe top eight ish by then. It gives you a lot of credence.
2: Um, yeah, I think so. But I think there would be something too. If, if you're Oklahoma state, you beat Oklahoma and Bedlam and then turn around essentially a week later and beat them again. I still think there's a little bit of. Neutral in that. I got you. Cause, oh, like cause it's on little. a neutral site. And, Basically then what you're saying is is, is okay, we played you back to back weeks and we're better than you both times. Like I, I still think there would be a little in that. I see where you're coming from. Um I think it would hurt from an aspect in that, you know, because you know if you beat them the first time, they're gonna come down in the rankings. But I, I think at the same time you'd look at that and go, Okay, you know what? Gotta take the rivalry game kind of out of it. You moved it to a neutral site, you put the you know, the conference championship on the line. Oklahoma State enough. Maybe we need to give a little more respect to that Oklahoma State squad. I think there's a possibility for that, but I, I do think what you're saying might be a little more accurate than if you can beat Baylor for a second time and do it, you know, a month and a half later. Especially if they're able to move up, I think that may lend just a smidge more weight.
1: Yep, that's what I'm thinking too. see. So just just a little bit more because I think we've seen it for some reason the Big 12 doesn't get the love in this committee room that some of the other conferences do and that's just the reality of it unfortunately let's talk about the big 10 now and how it's cannibalizing we know that the league has the three teams in the east division you know and thank god we're done with the legends and the leaders by the way that that was so confusing this is a little bit easier um and it's a big matchup this weekend between ohio state and you know michigan state there from the horseshoe saturday at noon um going to be a big ball game the Buckeyes obviously are kind of in this mode now where they every week can get a big win um and then Michigan obviously the, the week after that is a huge one so you're thinking am I am I hearing you right saying cannibalizing itself that's your Buckeyes TJ and I'm gonna call them your Buckeyes because you're always a big Ryan Day guy that they're gonna beat Michigan State and then lose to Michigan or are you thinking the opposite they're gonna lose the Sparty this weekend at home kind of shades Zeke Elliott and the boys back uh when D'Antoni got them into the playoffs uh with that field goal made at the shoe and then come back and beat Michigan
2: yeah it almost kind of has that feeling like that could be the way um because the way I
1: don't trust party CJ I don't Sparty, CJ.
2: I'm I, sorry. I don't either and this is what hurts because I I really want Cincinnati in and I, I Need somebody to move out of the way. If Ohio State gets by Michigan State, I I think they end up beating Michigan too. Simply just because of Harbaugh's record. Um, D- did, tell me, tell me, maybe-
1: I'm taking the thirty here. I'm, I'm 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 uh tapping my shoulders here, man, basketball style. That doesn't matter. The, the record in the past does not matter. It's like Rafiki and the Lion King, man. It's in the past. Ow. Jesus, what was that for? It doesn't matter. It's in
0: the past. In the past, how many times have they been
1: so close? This isn't Urban Meyer anymore. This is Ryan Day, okay, but and the you're... talent level is the same.
2: Okay, but let me ask you a question. Does almost matter in football, or does it only matter in horseshoes?
1: I understand that, but, but we're talking – we're we're apples and oranges in this anyway right now. But this is this year's version of Ohio State in Michigan. This is not – the teams in the past. So
2: this, okay, this is very, very true, but I have as many wins against Ohio State as Jim Harbaugh does. And that'd be a big fat none for those playing the home game. <laughs> I mean,
1: I, I I didn't know you had a coaching record at all, CJ. So, I don't. I don't, right.
2: and I have the exact same amount of wins over Ohio State as hey, Jim Harbaugh but, does. But is
1: that not the point, right? That is. Is that, is I that just, CJ, is that your boy CJ Stroud and those guys eventually... Harbaugh is going to get a win versus these guys
2: yeah i I think he does eventually it's just it's this and this may be the year because it's been kind of a funky year i think this is the year but here's going to be the interesting question and this is what kind of jumps out at me right now is whoever comes out of that east let's say you survive it and you get out of it right you go to the big 10 title game what are the chances that Whoever gets there, you end up in that. Oh my God, we survived the East, and then you get tripped up by either an Iowa or a Wisconsin. Like the way uh, that the Big Ten has been this year, at times doesn't
1: that I feel like almost set no, up to be? I don't think so, CJ. And I'm gonna tell you why I don't think so. That side of, that that side is just being propped up by the agenda-driven, narrative-laced CFP committee. I mean, let's be real. Iowa was a fraud. They they proved to be a fraud. Wisconsin might not be as much of a fraud because I think they're starting to kind of figure it out and play a little a little bit better football. And their
2: defenses really came on. I mean, I mean, they've won. Wisconsin's won six straight, and their defense is playing really well. Absolutely. Since they got beat by Michigan on October
1: second. I mean, they have won 24 nothing, 20-14, 30-13, 27-7, 52-3, and 35-7. I mean, that's that's pretty damn good. I mean, 20, I mean 44 points since the start of October. That's, I mean, getting that's what done. I'm saying.
2: Like, if Wisconsin gets into that game and you end up in one But they one can't of throw those, the ball, CJ. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. What, what happens if you get, like, you know, a Michigan State or a Michigan – and you end up in one of those ball control games, it, it, funny things can happen. I mean, Michigan oh, M- Michigan got everything it could handle from a pretty pesky Penn State team this past weekend. So that's all I'm saying is like it just kind of feels like the Big Ten could really topsy-turvy itself here if it's not careful. Uh, I, I think you're
1: right. I think you're right about that.
2: Um, I'm not saying I would take Wisconsin or trust Wisconsin or whoever comes out of the West to beat whoever comes out of the East. I just – it. I don't know. This I, conference has kind of that funky feel to it right now. And, and I
1: get what you're saying there on that. But here's the other thing that I would say against that. The West is, is significantly less talented than the East. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, and let's not also throw out the fact that potentially Perdont and Minnesota could still potentially sneak in if the right, if the right results happen, um, especially if Minnesota were to beat Wisconsin potentially here in a couple of weeks. That could make it get real interesting real fast. So, don't don't discount that quite yet, CJ. And I wouldn't be shocked if Iowa lost to either Illinois or Nebraska on the road. Um, I don't think I don't think with with Bealman being out now with COVID, Illinois has been okay this year. But I don't I don't see them getting by them. Although Illinois is playing for bowl berth potentially with Northwestern on the line too. If they could find a way to sneak it out, they've won a couple games this year. You wouldn't have thought they would have. And then Scott Frost, and Nebraska, a little rivalry game. Who knows? I could see Iowa losing, and then you've got a, a way less opponent there than you even thought of in Wisconsin or Iowa. And then I think whoever wins the East easily gets it done. I'm going to say this now, CJ. I think Michigan is the team nobody's talking about that I think we're going to be talking about here in two weeks. Or maybe three, should I say.
2: i i think you could potentially be right there um
1: and maybe i just really want the khakis and you know nobody has it better than us and the milk ads and just everyone to kind of just to kind of maybe have to eat a little crow on on hardball and realize that the guy's a good coach and he knows a hell of a lot more than those analysts do
2: No. no i i think jim's a jim's a phenomenal coach i just I, I don't know. Like I hey, said, you kind of hey, look at his record against Michigan State and Ohio State in the top ten since he's been there at Michigan. and TJ, those hours. are regurgitated talking
1: points, brother. Let's, let's move on from that because this team this year is a little different. The way they came back and won that game against Penn State Saturday was pretty awesome. I mean, if they don't blow that lead on the road to Michigan State, they're undefeated right now, and they're probably numbered they could be number two in the country. Let's okay. be honest.
2: Yeah, but there's a lot of teams that can play that. us as West Virginia fans, if we don't learn to, you know, shoot ourselves in the kneecaps, we've probably got eight wins.
1: Exactly. But but the point is they've only done it once, okay. And it was to a team that's also ranked seventh in this poll. So
2: true, but this and this is going to be kind of the interesting thing to watch here. Let let's say Ohio State beats Michigan State. Okay. And let's say they they handle business and it's and it's somewhat handily what happens then? Because now, do you drop Michigan State a ton? Like, that's what I think really could open the door for Oklahoma State.
1: Now, CJ, say that one more time. So you're saying Michigan State gets handled by Ohio State.
2: Yeah, what do you do with Michigan State then? Because now you're going to have to drop them. They're going to drop probably, I mean, what, to 11, 12? At
1: least a 12.
2: Okay, so that's going to slide you know, everybody up like it, it, that could get really squirrely, especially think about this. If you're Wake Forest and you find a way to win, you know, at Clemson and find a way to win the ACC. Now, all of a sudden you're pushing yourself up that ladder too. Things would get really squirrely here really quickly.
1: That's, that's interesting. You bring up Wake CJ. I did want to kind of hit on the ACC side of things here real quickly. Um and, 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 and very quickly. Um, and also, you know, Michigan playing a former ACC team in Maryland. And, and I wouldn't bet Maryland to cover with your money, CJ, right now. They are a dumpster fire. Maryland, CJ, has absolutely had the wheels fall off the cart. It's They are they're, – they're literally trying to run away from the cops on, like, a bunch of, like, rims right now. They are that bad. Um, the ACC, you know, is – it was pit and – and Pitt man, getting pretty pretty fortunate last weekend uh, to beat North Carolina. When um, Brandon Armstrong comes back, I wouldn't be shocked in that one either. But I'm with you though. Pitt keeps moving up; they could potentially be a top 15 win for Wake. Um, and then Wake Forest, like you said, CJ, if they get Clemson, and then they and then they also get a BC team that could be seven and four coming in on the road and then you, then you find a way to beat Pitt in a title game, do they
2: have a chance at that point in time?
1: Or are they still too far back and not a lot
2: of love given to them? I don't know. I think they could. I, I think if you – know, They're Michigan not jumping State Oklahoma is,
1: State, though. I don't think there's any question. I,
2: no, I don't think they're jumping Oklahoma State unless Oklahoma State stumbles. But, like I said, there would be that potential if, you know, Ohio State beats – Michigan State, you know, Michigan beats Ohio State. Now, those two are going to drop probably below you. Uh, he, there, There's going to be some interesting conversation there. And then, too, let's not forget, you know, Oregon's got a tough one here against Utah, and that's a team that's uh, exactly. more than likely and that's a team they're more than, the, you know, they're going to see again in the Pac-12 title you, there. Utah, Utah is the see tie break with Arizona State.
1: Absolutely. Well, and here's the thing, too. Utah really has figured it out. Um, playing some real good football that game is at rice echo stadium utah is actually the favorite cj um i yeah, think I'd that so. says something right there because and yeah. i think this is something too interesting to watch i've been watching Oregon the last few weeks and minus the game versus colorado a bad buff team at that since they lost for dell and they brought in die now die has done well let's let's go ahead and say that for what it is he has 908 yards in the season 12 touchdowns that's not a problem right but Utah can kind of do the things that you need to do to beat Oregon, right? They have a pretty good run, running game. They have a pretty good rush defense. Utah and Oregon are very similar. And Utah is going to be at home. And I'd like their quarterback a little bit better throwing the football. Cameron Rising has is, is been pretty good. And, you know, and Anthony Brown, eh, the jury's out on me for him
2: a little bit. Yeah, I'm no. I'm definitely with you. I, I love what this Utah team has been able to do, and to kind of rebound and write the ship, um, as you put it, rising from yep. the ashes. Yep. Um, that you know, Tavion I, Thomas
1: is a damn good player too.
2: Yeah, so no, that's that's been really good too. And if and if you're a team kind of looking up into that top four, really kind of ten and up, you know,
1: you're rooting for Utah hard this weekend.
2: You're you're rooting for Utah hard, and then let's not forget this little caveat either. You know, we all don't really like them at two, but it's not a foregone conclusion. I mean, they still got the Iron Bowl in Arkansas this weekend, and might be pesky enough. Might be pesky enough, and then let's not forget. Let's say they get through those two. If they go to the SEC title game and Georgia curb stomps them, the conversation for them being in the top four is going to be completely gone.
1: Oh, I I hundred percent agree. Now, see, that's a good question, right? If, if, and we'll get to this more later on, I don't think it's something we want to hit on too much tonight, but let's just say that Georgia doesn't curb stop them, that they beat them, but let's say they beat them by like 10, let's go 27 to 17, which by the way was the same number of points that the volunteers scored. So, uh, your boy can get that Woodford, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, from last weekend there in the Pick'em Show, CJ. Oh, uh, uh, it
2: was three minutes and 30 seconds away. Uh, yeah,
1: it's if and butts for candy and nuts, man. Cash tickets are cash tickets. Yeah. Um, but like you said, Bama, yeah, you know, I mean, they're Bama still, right? But Nick and the boys are not what they've been in the past, and that would scare me some, that Arkansas game too. So that conversation gets a little different, like you said. It really does. Bama, just be careful if I'm Bama this weekend or Brian Denny. That's all I'm saying. Granted, being at home, I think, gives them the advantage. But do you think, CJ, and that's the question real quick here, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because I do want to hit on a few other things here. Do you think that a a close-ish 10-point loss to Georgia keeps Bama in the top four?
2: I think it's going to be even a close loss. I think would be tough putting a two-loss team in, especially if you've got an undefeated Cincinnati, a one-loss Big 10, um a one-loss Big 12 and a one-loss ACC. Like that that that's going to be really tough, you know, and especially, you know, if you get like a one-loss Oregon who finds a way to win the Pac-12. Like it's going to be it that's going to be really hard to keep in with two losses if you're going to have a quality team sitting there with only one.
1: Yeah. I will say, I will give Oregon a lot of credit um, for last Saturday night. Anthony Brown did have himself a nice little game, and Washington State gave him a lot early, but then they kind of dominated the game in in the second half. Something that I haven't really seen out of Bama, right? Bama, if, if we're being honest right now, Bama the last month has been kind of I don't know. I mean, yeah, they beat Tennessee by 28, but, I mean, it was a close game. You didn't play good against LSU, really. You had to survive that one. You lost the game to A&M. Granted, you came back and rebounded in Stark Vegas, but, like, I don't know, man. Bama, I'm I'm not as sold on them as I normally am right now. Maybe that still stems back from the Florida game being so tight and then beat Miami when, when Derek King was still there, and it was just kind of a mess. The Ole Miss win's a big one, though.
2: And by the Yeah, way, but I'm with you. Bama, yeah. to, Bama feels very, very gettable this yes. year, and that's not something you typically say. No,
1: I'd agree, CJ. I do want to hit on one other thing, too. I think the biggest game from last weekend, in terms of how it affected the poll and these rankings, and I say this because we spent a lot of time talking about this team last Saturday, right? Other than Oklahoma, I think that's fair to say, right? It was the old Miss victory over A&M. Um, essentially eliminating AM from the, from the conversation now. And it got Ole Miss up into the number 12 slot and a real good opportunity to um, get into a New Year's 6 game because they're probably not going to play in the SEC title game. The way things shake out, it's not going to happen for them. But they very easily now could, with two wins, one against Vandy this weekend. And by the way, CJ, we'll talk more so on the pick them, but 36 and a half. That is an insane spread. Um, and then they got the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. Old Miss could be 10 and 2 and easily staring at a New Year's Six. So good to see them there. Hotty toddy. The Grove was rocking for game day. I love that Lane Train was making the picks. Uh, all the boys down there wearing their bow ties it was a sight to see. And I'm glad they came away with the victory. Was a, a pick six at the end and another pick as well it was a crazy finish to a game that, that Old Miss had a chance to kind of give away and AM was kind of nipping at their heels there for a long time. And it uh, got a little tight there to lane train, but they found a way to win it. Happy to see them there. And I hope they're in the new year six CJ.
2: Oh yeah. I'd love to see them uh, get to a new year six game. And you're right. I mean, they've, they've got, you know, everything in front of them to be able to do that. Um, you know, you take care of Andy, uh, find a way to win a, win a rivalry game on the road. Yeah. I mean, they could very well be sitting there um, playing on playing in one of those new year six games.
1: CJ, we, we kind of hit on that, just kind of wanted to hit on there about them winning that game. Biggest game this weekend for you and why? And then I do have one other one I want to hit on as we kind of leave because I think it's worth talking about for a quick second
2: at least. Um, Biggest game for me that I look at um, – <sighs> kind of scrolling through here um you know obviously a lot of you know the the one there in the horseshoe four versus seven ohio state michigan state uh for me it's oregon and utah state 730 i agree um,
1: i think the game for my know, cycles is the game this weekend
2: yeah just just because i think utah could really kind of give it an that propel that they need and kind of really shake some things up um that that's a really interesting one um we're gonna learn a lot about utah and a lot about oregon i think um this week to me that that's that's the big one that stands out um you know bama arkansas that's that's going to be a good one um we'll learn something there too a little bit um and then cincinnati smu is another one i look at you know can cincinnati keep the keep the dream alive or does smu find a way to kind of get the ponies running
1: Hey, man, the, the, kind of the old school SMU. Love that game being at 3.30. Uh, hopefully be out of Morgantown and on the way home, kind of throw that one on and watch the events at Nippert. Should be a real fun contest there. Like you said, SMU has probably got the goods to pull this off, um, but very, very entertaining game there from Nippert. Big one there. I think they get a little bit of uh, – a little bit, like you said earlier, the word gravitas, CJ, from an SMU win. Uh, for Cincinnati, I do believe that. I'll also say this, and I think this is a game that, you know, no one's hitting one that much, and we talked about barely. But Wake Forest, Clemson, and then finally, I think a game that I'm I'm going to be looking at. It's not going to affect who's in the the playoff, but it's a game I'm very interested in. CJ, and that's the Roadrunners of UTSA and UAB. Meep, meep. Meep, meep. Your roadrunners, you had them at 14 in your poll that you did a few weeks back. They struggled and barely beat Southern Miss. I watched UAB in person last Saturday. They're a tough football team. They're playing for Conference USA Championship. They're in the West this weekend. Should be a real fun game there. Worth kind of watching, although it's on ESPN plus, so gonna be tough to find it for a lot of people. But uh Frank, the tank cheesing man should be kind of fun. And CJ, um, do you have a thought on that? But then I want to hit you with a trivia question to get out of here because I, I do want to know if you can get this, buddy, because I think it's going to be a tough one, and I think I might stump you.
2: Um, yeah, that UTSA-UAB uh, game should be a really good one. Uh, UAB coming off a big win um, at Marshall. Um, yeah, UTSA still playing uh, undefeated football. Um, they and They did struggle last week, but – uh, I, I still like the Roadrunners in this thing. It's it, it's at UTSA. Um, get, get, give me the Roadrunners in this one simply just because I think UAB, uh, a little bit of a letdown after coming off a big win there at Marshall. Um, and the Roadrunners find a way to, to sneak out with out of the Alamo Dome with a win.
1: CJ, you're giving me a pick already here on Tuesday I night. am.
2: I am. I'm giving you a lean already.
1: That's a... I mean, I'm... I'm... I like it. I like it, buddy. I don't know where I'm at with that game. I won't. I won't go that early with it. But I did want to bring <laughs> up this. Okay, we talked a little bit earlier about how LSU, right, um, play Bama tight, right? But they did lose that game, and with that loss, along with you know the the loss this past weekend to Arkansas, a tough one as well. Finally had a streak of not losing six or more games in a season. Finally broken for the first time in 21 years. Can you name the other current longest winning streaks of a team that has not lost six games? So you essentially could lose five in the season. These streaks are 24, 23, 14, 12, and 10. Can you name those five teams, CJ? Mm. couple of them are obvious.
2: Yeah, because you got to think. All right, what's the question again?
1: Okay. LSU finally lost their streak of 21 years in a row, not losing six games in a season, right? So you can lose five, but when you lose six, you're eliminated from this conversation. Okay. The longest streaks.
2: Bama's got to be on there.
1: Bama is on there, CJ. Bama is at 14.
2: Okay. I feel like Texas has got
1: to be on that list. Texas is absolutely not on this list. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: CJ, they've already lost six this year. Before. Well, I know they've lost six this year. But... <laughs> they've that list comes out, too. Um, yeah.
1: we named these we named a couple we actually kind of hinted at this question earlier in the podcast
2: yeah um is Ohio State on
1: there? Ohio State is not on there they lost okay. six there during the transition year between urban and fickle okay correct
2: um that's why I was trying to remember when their last one was uh mm-hmm. Georgia's had a six-loss season. Georgia
1: is on this list.
2: Georgia is on the list. Okay. Georgia has 12 consecutive years. Okay. So you got Um, two now.
1: You got the two SEC big boys. It's Oklahoma. Oklahoma is on that list. They are at 23. There is a team longer than that. And then the one at 10. Sound like little mermaid there, buddy. Yeah.
2: Hmm.
1: You got any? You got any guesses there? Notre Dame. Notre Dame is not there. They've Ooh. had a. They've
2: had a season. They had a four and eight year with Ryan Kelly a few years back. Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. I'm. I'm thinking of the traditional powers because that's who it's gonna be. Okay. You're thinking of traditional powers. Do you have another one? Traditional powers.
1: Um. Maybe a new school. Maybe new money. Traditional power.
2: Nah, I'm out.
1: At 10, your boy Dabo bringing those guts.
2: Ah, Clemson, yeah. Okay. And at, and at 24, CJ,
1: and we, we talked about them when we talked about this, the boys from the blue, Boise, 24 consecutive seasons of at least not losing six games. Wow.
2: Yep. They've had to have been close on that a couple of times. I think,
1: they've, I think they've had four once or twice here or there. But, yeah, they have not had a six-loss season. And I'll give you that compliments of Vaughn Barclay, my boy there, Vaughn, was the one who came up with that, and I just thought it was too good not to utilize it and let the folks hear it.
2: No, that, that, that's fantastic because, I mean, like I said, you're going to think of some of the traditional ones, and some of them it's a little tough because – you almost forget about that four and eight season Notre Dame had because it was so weird.
1: It happens. It, it really does. And, um, CJ, I, I just thought thought we need to hear that, man. And, uh, hopefully, um, you know, the committee of Goofy, Donald, you know, I don't think Donald was in the room. I think it was Homer and Goofy and, uh, and Wren.
2: No, maybe, stim, that, maybe that's why we need to get Donald in the room.
1: I think Donald needs to be in the room. Maybe get, maybe get a Bluto in there too. Um, might help a little bit, uh, but man, it should be a fun weekend. Another another weekend where we're going to see a seismic shift coming into the final weekend and, and, and the rivalry weekend of the season. Uh, we'll have a much clearer idea of where things are going and then conference championships. And then, man, we have the Sunday, um, of all Sundays, the second selection Sunday of the year uh, when they unveil the four. Should be fun.
2: Absolutely.
1: And guys, uh, we'll be back later on in the week. We we will announce it now, CJ. Um, we're gonna have our boy, your boy Quincy Wilson, joining us for the WVU podcast. Should be awesome uh, for that for that experience there. Uh, and then we'll also talk a little bit of hoops about the, the ball games coming down there in Charleston, South Carolina. And then of course pick them uh, for the weekend. But uh, a lot of content for you guys here out here on the porch. And uh, we're excited to continue to roll out with these rankings and uh see what happens in this college football season.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, definitely join us for for Quincy. We're gonna talk about some of, the, you know, his, you know, his time up at WVU, um, get his thoughts on on the program now and 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 Neil Brown and um also talk a little bit about uh him and uh john pennington uh down in uh, institute there at western Virginia state and some of the things they've got going on as they try and build that program up down there so yeah it'll definitely be a definitely be a good time with him and 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 uh, cj let the folks hit him with the twitter uh the twitter it's at porch sports pod um give us a follow there um you know we're we're constantly putting stuff out there for you guys as far as media is concerned content um our picks are out there as well uh, when we do the pick and pod um so we'll have our picks out there as long with uh
1: and C y'all do see a better job picture. of getting him into you early okay yeah not
2: <laughs> i <laughs> not like a to problem. search you, for the you, number buddy okay Well, you 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 were there in Huntington, and sometimes you know, cell service around the stadiums can be a little 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 tricky and dicey. It's been we've all been there.
1: The college football season has been a blur. CJ, I feel like I've been somewhere every weekend, minus maybe one, and I wouldn't have it any other way.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It does get blurry, real (laughs) quickly, just like this just like this season has as well. Um, Till next time, y'all. Take it easy and enjoy the college football weekend.
0: Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out.